You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we got a special guest with us today to break down Iowa versus Indiana that's taking place tonight. We're recording Wednesday, but it is taking place tonight when you are listening to this. We have Jack Grossman on the show. He is the host of the Crimson Coverage podcast and also of ESPN Louisville. How is it going, man? Doing great, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, dude. It's uh, this is a big game tonight. I mean, anytime you're playing Big Ten basketball and you're not in Nebraska, it's a big game, right? It's always it's always a tough game, no matter what you are or what team you're playing. But Indiana goes to Carver to take on Iowa tonight, and we talked a little bit about this before the show. I made sure you knew about it, but I feel like this game is perfectly set up for Iowa, right? Just based off of the strengths and weaknesses, based off of the the statistical measures, right? But that being said, I don't get to watch every Indiana basketball game. I love the Big Ten, but I love Iowa the most, and I also have a family, and I can't watch Indiana basketball all the time, which is why I brought you on the show, because you know best. So, that being said, what are your initial thoughts coming into this game? First of all, I don't blame you for not watching any Indiana basketball. They are not fun to watch, unlike the Hawkeyes. I mean, (laughs) mean, they, they don't shoot threes. When they do shoot them, they don't make them, and they play at a snail space. So, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to watch IU basketball. Trey Jackson Davis is phenomenal, though. That is the one fun thing about the team is that other if Luka Garza, you know, wasn't a thing, he'd probably be the favorite to win Big Ten Player of the Year. Of course, Luka Garza is a thing, and no one in the right mind is going to argue that Luka Garza shouldn't be Big Ten or National Player of the Year, even though loaded Big Ten. I'd probably say Trace Jackson Davis could very well be the second best player in the league. So I'm very fascinated to see how those two go up against each other. And yeah, when you look at it on paper, it seems like, you know, I was going to take and make a lot of threes. They're going to be good offensively and their defense shouldn't issues shouldn't be that big of an issue considering Indiana can't shoot the ball. And, but I keep going back to the game from last year where Indiana, obviously Iowa didn't have Jordan Bohan and they weren't as good as they are this year. Yeah, but Indiana punked Iowa in Bloomington, which to me is really weird because I agree with you. On paper, Iowa has every matchup advantage they want. But the thing I keep going back to is Iowa defensively in that game last year could not keep Indiana out of the way. They had some – I want to say they had something like 40, 50 points in the paint, something insane like that. Yep. And Indiana, the only the only way their offense ever works is usually they play an inferior opponent and they can just bully them. But Iowa just kind of saying, hey, you can go ahead – get wherever that you want on the court you can get in the lane you can score layups that that's that's how Indiana has a chance in this game if Iowa just decides not to defend which is the biggest issue with this team that they don't always try to defend and but if Iowa has any sort of uh you know energy or just on the defensive end gives any sort of effort then they should win the game big big because I mean Indiana just yes straight Jackson Davis is phenomenal but if you double and triple team them, you're going to limit his effectiveness at some point. And the Hoosiers just don't have enough people that can shoot the ball to space the floor. Yeah, and, and you actually – so it's funny. We didn't really prep, right, what we were going to say, but you hit on everything I kind of wanted to touch on for the most part. I think Trace Jackson Davis, when you look at him from a Ken Palm perspective, the fourth-ranked player in all of Ken Palm. So you, clearly there's some talent there, and that is one of the matchups I really want to dive into a little bit more um, to see kind of what your thoughts are on that. But you're right. Indiana doesn't shoot the three-pointer well, and that is 
Iowa's biggest weakness is defending the three-point shot. They do a great job of trapping guys, but they leave guys wide open all over the yes. perimeter. Um, but Indiana, 32.4% from three. They're 222nd in the nation. They're also not that good at defending the three. 34% allowed shooting, 201st in the nation. And as we know, Iowa can shoot the three basically against anyone. But I want to go back to the game last year because you made a good point. Indiana was getting to the lane very easily. They win that game 89-77. to 77. Also in that game, though, they out-rebounded Iowa substantially, 36-26, to 26, offensive rebounds 13-6. to 6. And that has been an issue for Iowa this year in some of their games, in some of their losses um, against Gonzaga. There were so many second-chance points for Gonzaga that Iowa just wasn't getting. However, since that time, they've gotten a little better. When I look at the statistics, though, Indiana isn't that great of an offensive rebounding team. They're 282nd in the nation. Um, real quick, before we get into, because you also mentioned that Indiana basically beats up on inferior opponents and loses to the good opponents. That's actually one of the things I noticed. It's like they win all the games they should and they lose every game they should, which is very bizarre, even in the Big Ten. But back to the rebounding. Is there something that's going on offensively rebounding that's causing them to struggle? Or is it just bad timing, bad placement, not enough energy on the, the offensive side of the ball crashing the boards? Uh, a lot of it's just they have a little bit different personnel this year. Yes, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis is back. Yes, Race Thompson is getting a heck of a lot more minutes than he did a year ago. But they're a lot thinner up front this year than they were a season ago. Justin Smith transferred to Arkansas. Joey Brunk has been hurt all year. Durant Davis graduated. So Indiana went from being a big old school team that couldn't shoot to a, a team with really two good big men, nothing else up front, but still can't shoot. So <laughs> so now, now they just don't get the rebounds that they used to get off of it. Because they were 44th in the country in offensive rebounding percentage last year. They were a really good rebounding team. And, you know, Joey Brunk, who – Luca Garza absolutely destroyed last year, which it was fun to watch. Indiana's whole game plan last year was we we're going to leave Luca one on one and not let Iowa shoot any threes. Garza scored like 35 points in the game, but I think obviously you're going to see that game plan again. They're going to let Luca have his. They're going to probably put Ray Thompson on him and let him go one on one, one and just try to take away the three point shooting, especially since it worked for Indiana last year. Year, but but for the rebound, it's just they they don't have the same personnel that they did a year ago. I think Indiana's, ironically, even though they're awarding, they're better overall. All uh, playing Jerome Hunter more at the four and and uh, inserting some of the other guys that they have instead of Justin Smith and Joey Brunk, guys that just don't give you anything where it comes stretching the floor or to where I think it does help them. But they are really thin up front. Right? They probably just could use Brunk back just as another body to put up front. Right? And especially when you're facing a guy like Garza, foul trouble could be an issue for them. If, if Jackson Davis and Thompson get into foul trouble, I don't know what Indiana does. But but yeah. just it, it's really just a personnel thing for why Indiana is not as good a rebounding team this year than last year. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. And, and when you talk about the fouls, that's actually something I noted as well. Um, Iowa is one of the lowest playing teams in terms of two foul participation in the country. They don't play any. You get two fouls, you are done. It doesn't matter if you're Luca Garza, Jordan Bohannon. It doesn't matter if you've hit every shot you've taken the last four months. You are sitting on the bench for Fran McCaffrey. It looks like Archie also plays a similar type of ball as well. 254th in the nation in two foul participation. But when I looked at the stats, Indiana doesn't foul a lot. They seem to be a pretty uh, strong team in terms of um, playing under control, which is something that we haven't seen with some of the other teams. I looked back at Minnesota and Liam Robbins. 
Um, he is one of the best defensive players, but also one of the most aggressive uh, and out of control players as well. Trace Jackson Davis, though, is only averaging 1.9 fouls per game, which is pretty impressive for a big man, especially going up against so many dominant big men in the Big Ten. Um, what is it about his game that allows him to be effective, but also not be out of control? And the second follow-up question to that is, how good is he defensively? Because we know how good he is offensively, but how good is he defensively? All right, y'all need to quickly pause the conversation with Jack because I have a very important message for you. Let me tell you a little about a little story about when I used rockauto.com and saved me $50 from a possible $70 bill. I went to an auto dealership to get some things replaced in my car. They also mentioned that I needed an engine ear filter and a cabin air filter replaced. They said it was going to cost a couple hundred bucks. I said, nah, I'm going to do it myself. I went to the brick and mortar store. They said it's going to cost me $70. And I said, nah, I'm going to go check rockauto.com out. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And when I went there, I used their unique and remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog, and it saved me $50. I got both my filters for under $20 and delivered directly to my door. It took me less than five minutes to find the parts, pick the parts, and buy the parts, and then it was delivered directly to my door. Why wouldn't you go to rockauto.com whenever you need a car part need or a truck need? Whatever you need for your cars or trucks, you can get at rockauto.com. And again, those prices, they're fantastically low and they're the same professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts if you can go to rockauto.com and get it delivered directly to your door? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's turn our attention back to our Indiana vs. Iowa preview with Jack. I, I mean, part of it with the foul thing is that, that Indiana plays with a lot of a lot of two big lineups with both him and Race Thompson which, while it presents a lot of issues, both in depth at the front line, court spacing, all that stuff, it allows Race Thompson to draw normally the uh, best post player on the other team. And he's had some more foul trouble issues because of that. So Trace Jack Davis a lot of times will end up on that player anyways. But he's not always guarding the other team's best post player. He does a really good job of blocking shots. I think he's second or third in the conference and block shots per game, averaging just shy of two per game. He, and he's gotten a much better defensive rebounding also. He's not perfect defensively, but he gets the job done. He's, uh, I mean, Nate Reavers got him a couple of times in that game up in Madison a couple of weeks ago, but he'll do that to a lot of people. He's not a liability. He's pretty good. I mean, if he has a whole is a really good defensive team. That's where their strength is. They're kind of zigging, whereas the rest of college basketball is zagging in terms of offense, three-point revolution, all that stuff. Iowa, obviously, at the forefront of that. That Indiana really makes their hallmark on the defensive end. They were in the top 10 much of the season in, in Ken Palm's defensive ratings. They've dropped to 26 now, so obviously not defending as well as they were earlier in the year. Part of that's just the Big Ten schedule, though. But they really do make their hallmark on defense. They, they need to defend well to win games. That's part of the reason why I think that they could struggle – uh, tonight be just because it's hard to defend Iowa. It doesn't matter how good you are defensively. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, what was the second part of the, the question with Trace? My bad. Uh, just how good is he defensively? Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's a he's a good defender. He's not a great defender. I mean, obviously, if it's one-on-one, look at Garza versus Trace Jackson Davis, you're probably 
you're feeling fairly good about Luka Garza's chances. I mean, I think Trace could get him a couple of times, but he's not, you know, going to be Yudoka Azubuki from Kansas last year yeah. out there. On the flip side, though, you're probably feeling good if you're getting TJD on Garza one-on-one with, with Jackson Davis having the ball as well. I think both those players can have really big games. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a fair point as well. Um, you mentioned that Indiana's defense is pretty solid, and you're absolutely right. Uh, honestly, at this point in the season, we're 14 games in for Iowa. When I see someone has a good defense, it honestly doesn't even scare me at this point. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't. <laughs> like, it just doesn't bother me. I know that's bizarre, but um, the only thing that does sometimes concern me is if they are a strong three-point shooting defending team. Just because, as you mentioned, um, if you can lock down our three-point shooters, now you're going to Luka full time, but we don't have a lot of guys who can really attack the basket, which can pro- which would probably be our offensive weakness. However, we pass so well. And we've also noticed that our second team has done a phenomenal job of getting to the basket. Um, I also wanted to call out last year, you mentioned the fact that Indiana's game plan was to defend the three-point shot, not let the shooters get going, and just let Luka Garza get his. And boy, did he get his in that game. 38 points, 14 to 22 shooting, uh, three is six from downtown, 11 to 16 from the field, eight rebounds. I mean, Luka Garza, four blocks. I mean, holy hell, talk about a game. But you look at the rest of the team, and it was lackluster at best. The difference between that year and this year, um, I'm not trying to tell you, just mostly for our fans, letting them know, um, our starting lineup was Luca Garza, CJ Frederick, Joe Toussaint, Connor McCaffrey, Joe Wieskamp. The difference is we now have Jordan Bohannon as opposed to Joe. He's going to be that three-point shooting machine. Our backups, though, is where the difference really comes in here because we have Bakari Evelyn, Ryan Creener, Riley Till, Austin, Ash um, as the four guys who got playing time. All four of those guys don't get playing time in a normal game because Bakari Evelyn graduated, Creener's in the European leagues, Riley Tills in California, and Austin Ash just comes in to shoot three-pointers at the end of blowout losses or wins. But our second team, I think, is really where we're going to get some strength at in that game is because we can come in and play defense and shoot the ball really well and be aggressive. Um, Offensively, for Indiana, um, a couple guys really stood out to me. Uh, first and foremost, Armand Franklin. I don't. We can talk about Trace Jackson Davis all day. I think it's pretty clear. Um, when I do the show, when I talk about Luka Garza, I say, y'all know how good he is. We're good. I think Trace Jackson Davis can be put in that same conversation. We know he's next factor. We know he can dominate any single game. And let's be fair. He's probably going to get his in this game. Luka Garza isn't the best defensive player. He's active. He tries. He's just not the best defensive player. But Armand Franklin is the guy who really scares me the most. 43% shooting from three points. Uh, he shoots between three and four attempts per game. He's honestly crushing it. Um, 12.8 points per game, 4.4 rebounds per game, and 1.8 assists per game. Is he the kind of the go-to offensive player outside of Trace Jackson Davis, or do I miss the boat on all of this? Uh, I mean, Ray, Ray Thompson's probably the only other guy that I would throw in there that maybe could potentially be that second option. But Armand Franklin really has surged to become that second guy next to Trey Jackson Davis in the Purdue game. This is part of the issue, by the way, that in, in the Purdue game, Indiana got 51 of their 69 points from Trey Jackson Davis and Armand Franklin. And they still lost the game pretty yeah. handily, handily. But but Armand's a guy that took a huge jump from last year to this season. He is coming off an ankle injury. That Purdue game was his first game back from that injury. So we don't know if he's fully 100% yet, even though he scored a bunch of the Purdue game, did not shoot a high percentage. So that's something to monitor as he still kind of works his way back from that. But he's shooting 42%, 42, 43% for three, as you said, but 17 of the 23s he made came in a four game stretch for Indiana earlier this season, starting with their uh, cupcake game against North Alabama, going through Butler in the first couple big 10 games before he hurt that ankle. So 
it's still to me because he, he's a guy that came in out of high school, touted as a shooter, couldn't hit the broadside of a barn a year ago, <laughs> and now now came in and he hit 17 threes in four games, but you have the ankle injury also. So I think there is still a little bit of a question of can he be, be a knockdown shooter consistently, but he is by far India's most aggressive player on the perimeter. He is the guy that has been the best shooter on the team, both from the three-point line and from the cherry shop as well. He's the only IU player that's shooting over 70% from the free throw line that's taking double-digit free throws so far this year, which that's a whole other issue that that I think yeah. we – I mean, free throws aren't, you know, glorious or fun in any ways, but Archie Miller has made it such a point for Indiana to get to the free throw line Line. You mentioned that Iowa doesn't foul much, so that's a bad matchup. But Indiana is a team that has struggled to get to the line, even though that's something that Archie Miller really, really uh, emphasizes. They're only 119th in the country in point distribution from free throws. But the bigger issue is they, they don't make the free throws when they get there anyways. So to me, yeah. like Archie Miller said this in a press conference on Tuesday talking about about the need to get to the free throw line. He's saying Rob Finnessy needs to get the line more. Al Jimmy Durham needs to get the line more. Jerome Hunter needs to get the, the line more. Rob Finnessy, 64% on the season. Al Durham, 65%. Jerome Hunter's one of four. I mean, do you really want those guys on the line? Yeah. It's it just – you're not making getting, them anyways. You're getting free throws, but you ain't making them, so who yeah, cares I mean, at that point? <laughs> thank you. Exactly. It's like like are we I, – I, I don't even want to begin on that, but but Armand Franklin kind of bring back full circle is the only perimeter guy on Indiana's team that you feel fully confident that the shot has a chance to go in when he takes, I'd say Jerome Hunter, even though he's become, he's more of a front court player playing the four is the only other guy you did. We thought we could say it about Al Durham, but he's been hit or miss a lot this year. Aaron Rob Finnessy's just kind of been an overall disappointment for the most part, <laughs> part, but, but I mean, Franklin is the guy you're saying we can't let that one guy get wide open shots. He's definitely the one. Definitely, man. That makes sense. And I, I want to, my next question is going to be about um, how does, if you were Iowa, how do you defend Indiana? But I first want to also point out the interesting stat about Iowa's free throw shooting because they're such a phenomenal three-point shooting team. Um, you look at their top four guys, Luka Garza shooting 48% from three. Joe Wieskamp, 42% from three. Jordan Bohannon, 40% from three. And he's heating up. CJ Frederick, 51% from three. Let's look at those free throw percentages, though, because that's where it gets interesting. Luka Garza, 75% from the charity stripe. Joe Wieskamp, just barely over 70%. Jordan Bohannon, he's a clutch free throw shooter. We don't need to talk about him there. CJ Frederick, just barely over 70%. These are two guys who are hitting three-point shots at a 40% or higher clip. CJ Frederick, 50% clip. He's only 20% away from his free throw shooting percentage, from his three-point shooting percentage. I don't understand how that happens. I'm not good at basketball, so I can't hit either <laughs> shot. But I don't understand how you can how it can be really that finite of a difference between your three-point and your free throws. Um, but that being said, just want to make sure I called that out as well. Iowa gets the charity stripe a lot. They just – sometimes it can be a little hit or miss. Uh, 70% ain't the worst thing in the world, but it ain't what you want. Um, as far as Iowa defending Indiana, though, if you were to put together a game plan, how would you defend Indiana to make their offense as ineffective as possible? All right, y'all, one more pause. You know, if you want to go to Locked On Bets and listen to that podcast, after you get all those picks, you got to turn your attention to betonline.ag. Online sportsbook experts over at betonline.ag. They have literally odds for everything. If you wanted to bet on the presidential pardons, you could have done that if you wanted to. You can literally bet on almost anything, and any line you want, they'll try to create. I'm actually working on some wrestling lines right now and some women's basketball lines with them and also some player of the year lines too. So we should hopefully get some of that stuff so we can start betting on our Iowa Hawkeyes, but again, 
BetOnline.ag is the only place that has you covered and the one place that I personally trust to put my money in and get a little bit of winnings out, put a little bit of extra money in my pocket. And right now, you can go to BetOnline.ag and sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, make sure to always turn your attention to Locked On Big Ten Podcast with Big Ten Ben Stevens. If you want to get more information about the Big Ten and everything that's happening across the conference, Big Ten Ben has you covered every single day on the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. That being said, let's turn our attention back to the final bits of our conversation with Jack talking about Iowa versus Indiana. Uh, you, you know how on a basketball court there's the little ring on each baseline that, that you have to throw the ball into? Yep. Put all five guys as close to that thing as possible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's really pretty. So, I mean, I mean, Matt Painter and Purdue have been—I don't want to say trailblazers, but they've been the biggest thorn in Archie Miller's side since he's came to uh, IU. I mean, Archie's zero and five. Painter's dominated the rivalry longer than that, but we'll just focus on those five games. Painter has basically adopted a uber Virginia pack line style. I mean, Archie Miller plays a pack line, but but whenever Painter plays IU. He just says, we are going to double the post hard. We are going to make sure you don't get anything from the post or driving in for layups. And we're going to make you beat us with jump shots. And what's happened? Archie Miller's Indiana teams have lost all five games and only two of them have been decided by single digits. So, I mean, like it's worked (laughs) is what I'm saying. But I mean, other than Franklin, again, obviously the only guy guy that can shoot threes is Jerome Hunter. It's you should – double Trace Jackson Davis in the post every time he touches it. I mean, he's gotten better at passing the ball out of the post, but he still has moments where he struggles out of it. And plus, again, if you're giving up a wide-open three to Rob Fennessey, you you can live with that. If you're giving up a wide-open three to Trey Galloway, you can live with that. Even Anthony Wheel, you can live with that. So so it's all about doubling Trace Jackson Davis in the post. Um, a lot of times, Indiana, to start their, their kind of quote-unquote motion, because it's not really much of a motion, um, <laughs> they will get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis at the high post, kind of just beyond the free throw line. There's, he's not going to shoot it. He's not. I mean, he's he hasn't <laughs> attempted a three in his career at IU. Even if he's two steps inside the, the three-point line, he he's not going to shoot it. And if he does, he's taking maybe six or seven of them all year. I think he's made one of them. So he, he's, he's not going to be able to shoot the ball. He's not going to make that shot. I remember in the Illinois game, Kofi Coburn and Georgie Bichonisvili would literally do almost the taco fall defense against Trey Jones in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. Trace would catch the ball a couple feet feet behind the free throw line, and Coburn would be standing directly under the basket. Yep. You know what Trace Jackson Davis would do? He wouldn't take the shot. He would barrel in to Kofi Coburn and two other Illini defenders trying to come down and double-team him also and try to finish. And what was the result? Trace shot 3-13 from the field, had – Easily his worst game of, of the season, maybe of his career at IU. So you got to pack the bait. You can live with some open shots. Indiana may make a few like they did at Nebraska a couple weeks ago. Indiana hit seven of their first nine, but Nebraska stuck with their game plan, and Indiana hit one of their last 15 from three. So, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to be able to hit enough shots to win a game for 40 minutes if you make them shoot three-point jumpers for 40 minutes. They're just not going to do it. So you just – I can't stress enough. Pack the paint – and if they hit jumpers, you say, okay, good job. See if you can do it again. Basically, you're just saying Iowa's normal game plan works perfectly against Indiana. 
Yeah. Basically, let the three point not the Iowa intentionally let them get open, but they just seem to be open. Let them get open. Let them shoot, and we'll we'll get down to the paint. We'll get those boards, and we'll take care of Trace Jackson Davis. You heard it right here from Jack. The plan is to pack the paint, stop Trace Jackson Davis, and allow the shooters to shoot for Indiana. Again, we talked about it. Statistically speaking, this game seems to have every advantage going towards Iowa. It will be an interesting game to watch. Obviously going to Carver um, home court advantage is not as big of a thing anymore, but we have seen some interesting results when, you know, underdogs are at home. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that works. Iowa being not the underdog in Indiana coming probably to be a 10 point dog in this game. Jack, what are your, um, what is your prediction for this game? I think it's going to be high scoring because I, I do think Iowa will find ways to score, whether it be Luka Garza or, or, you know, being able, as you said, I was a lot deeper than they were last year. They have Jordan Bohannon, who has given Indiana fans a lot of nightmares throughout his career here in Iowa City. So, so I think they will be able to score, or I think Indiana will be able to get some points. Out because I do, is, again, I was improved recently defensively, but I still think Drake Jackson Davis is going to get his. He's going to get get 20 plus. That's just what he does. I mean, probably the Illinois game, but Iowa did, or even Georgie Bichon's ability to kind of do that that as effectively as Illinois did to him. They're just not as good defensively as the Illini are. Where I think Chase is going to get his because that's just typically what he does, even when he faces double teams. He's used to facing those. I mean, even when Purdue was doing was giving him hard double teams with size and length last week, he goes for 25. So, I mean, he's yep. going to get his. Just the question is, can he, can he get any help? I think Armand Franklin, if he can continue to progress coming off the ankle injury, should help him. Race Thompson has had some good games. Oh, that where's it come from? Al Durham, Durham, they need him to show up. They need Rob Fantasy to show up. And you just can't count on those guys enough to do it to, to say confidently that you're going to get good games out of both of those guys. So I think Iowa probably wins a high scoring affair, which anytime you say high scoring with IU these days, that's not a good thing for IU. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I, I think they – I'd say probably – I'd say Iowa wins wins by about 12, 14, 15 points. Well, I think it'll be a ball game for a while, but but eventually you're, they're going to have a run like they did, did at Northwestern over the weekend where Indiana is going to have a scoring drought because they always have a scoring drought, and you can't have a scoring drought against Iowa. You just can't. And that'll be the difference in the game. Yeah, uh, I – I actually have no disagreements with your thought process on that game. Um, it is going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion. Just naturally, Iowa has such a quick pace of play. Indiana is going to try to probably push the tempo a little bit to keep up with that pace. Of play I, I, sure, I think Indiana will try to slow the game down because so? that's that's what that's what they've done under <laughs> under Archie Miller this year. They're two hundred and eighty-six in an adjusted tempo, so they play really really slow. I. I wish they would play faster, especially you would think a team that can't shoot would want to get into transition more and try yep. to get easy buckets, but they don't do that. So, so yeah. I think Indiana will try to slow the game down. I don't know how much success they'll have in doing it because I know Fran McCaffrey will does everything he can to push the pace, and Iowa usually gets their way with that, but I do think Indiana yep. will try to slow the game down. Absolutely. And I think Iowa does win by double digits, in my personal opinion. Ken Palm has it as an 81 to 71 win. My last question for you, you mentioned Jordan Bohannon. And my personal least favorite player in the entire Big Ten is Brad Davison. I think he is the dirtiest player in NCAA, and I just don't like the guy. But if you had to put Jordan Bohannon on a list of who do we like the least and want to finally graduate from Iowa or any other school, where would Jordan Bohannon rank on that villain list in the Big Ten right now? He's he's pretty damn. I mean, I mean I, I'll say this. <laughs> Is I have hated Jordan Bohan, but I also have a lot of respect for Jordan yeah. Bohan. I mean, the dude's an absolute baller. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah, because like I, I covered 
uh, IU basketball for uh, for the student TV station IU when I was a senior there last year. So obviously he wasn't there for that. But two years ago, I was just you know kind of a fan. I had a roommate made uh, from from uh, the Quad Cities in Iowa actually. So he convinced me and our friend group to travel to Iowa City for the game <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yo, know, uh, where yo know, IU was in the middle of losing twelve out of thirteen with Romeo Langford, which. And Jawan Morgan, which I could go an hour about that and, and the frustration from that, but but we just went as fans to that game and traveling all that way to see Indiana one blow the game and Jordan Bohannon hit dagger after dagger after dagger. It's like you've got to be bleeping kidding me! <laughs> like yeah. really, of course that's what's gonna happen. So Bohannon's up there. Um, I mean Matt Harms was number one, but obviously he's gone now from Purdue. You can always just take whatever random white. Um, Purdue seven-footer, and Indiana fans will probably put him at number one because there's always one that he has. I know he has – Boehner has Edie now. He hasn't been around long enough for, for Indiana fans to hate him, but trust me, they will. Well, in a, in a year or two when he starts getting more minutes. Brad Davidson's definitely up there. I mean, Trent Frazier I don't really hate. I just think he's been at Illinois for at least a dozen years. It seems like a decade, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah but, but Bohannon's – Bohannon is definitely up there. Yeah, in that game against Indiana in overtime, he shot 5 of 11 from the field, but 5 of 9 from three-point, 56% <laughs> clip. You got to I swear, hate. all four of them were in the last 30 seconds of regulation. Or Was overtime. that the game where he scored like 20, uh, 20 points by himself? I'm going to try to look up the, the actual score. I can't remember specifically, yeah. but there was one game against Indiana where he scored like the final 15 points. That, that, I think that was the game that same year, but in Bloomington. How's that? Oh. game also but yeah, but yeah. that was the yeah that right yeah. that was in bloomington yeah okay that's what i thought i was like that's i remember that happening too yeah uh that was the game 77 to 72 win um agree on brad davison my personal least favorite person on purdue is whoever the hell the shooting guard is each and every year who wears like sasha this year is wearing like what 45 or 50 like yeah, 55. They always, yeah they always have a shooting guard who's wearing some ridiculous number that no one freaking wears and he manages to hit threes all the time against iowa um so i personally just hate purdue in general but jack it has been a blast having you on the show previewing this Iowa-Indiana matchup tonight should be a fun one. Um, not necessarily for you as much, but definitely for me and for Big Ten fans all around. Jack, where can the folks find you if they want more Indiana coverage at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Grossman 97 And uh, you can listen to the Crimson Coverage podcast. comes out every week. I think I'm recording Wednesday night, so there should be an episode out on on Thursday. And, yeah, and you can follow uh, ESPN Louisville on Twitter at ESPN680. Um Preliminary plan right now is that I will be hosting a post-game show for uh, Indiana-Iowa on Thursday night. So nice. if anyone wants to, you know, hate listen or crap on Iowa after they win, <laughs> I'm open for ev- anything and everything. So please go ahead. That uh, You can find that information on at ESPN 680 <laughs> down in Louisville. So, yeah, oh, no, I love it, man. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm game for absolutely anything. <laughs> I, I love it. You're, you're willing to take the crap from Iowa fans oh, just crapping on Indiana. Uh, yeah. That's the man you want to follow, a guy who is humble enough to laugh at some of the disparities between these two teams in this year because he knows Indiana will be back at some point. Jack Grossman, it well, has been probably an not under Archie Miller, but, but, but <laughs> I mean, they're going to fire yeah. him and they'll get someone else in there. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Thanks. it's been a pleasure having you on. Have a fantastic day and uh, let's go, Hawks. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it.
All right, y'all, and that concludes our show today. Big shout-out to Jack for joining the show. Make sure to go support him. He is a fantastic follow, obviously incredibly knowledgeable. And again, thank you all for tuning in to today's show. If you love the show, give us that five-star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded the podcast at. And stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. We'll be back breaking down the hopeful win over Indiana and give you some more information across Iowa Hawkeye Athletics. That'll all be on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Thursday, y'all, and let's go Hawks.